Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. Every two weeks, we post podcast versions of one of our free training videos, or you can access our videos now at beyondordinarywomen.org. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast and video. I'm Kelly Matthews, and in this video and podcast, I am speaking with Rebecca Carroll author, seminary student, and radio host for the DFW area for over 20 years. Her full bio is on the Beyond Ordinary Women website, and I hope you'll take a look and get to know her story. Uh, Don't forget to explore the website, which is beyondordinarywomen.org, and watch the first two episodes with Rebecca, where she and I examine what an event coordinator should consider when choosing a speaker. In this session, we focus on this topic from the speaker's point of view. What steps can we take to grow as a speaker? So Rebecca, how do you get started as a speaker at women's events? Let me take just a quick minute and tell you how it happened for me, and then we can talk about uh, what this might look like for you if you are trying to build something from the ground up. So with me, a woman in my church, my local church, saw a teaching gift in me that I did not see, and she asked me to speak at an event. And I had spoken at, you know, as as someone in radio for over 20 years, you are always speaking to a, a broad audience, whether you're on stage or behind a microphone it doesn't really matter. It's still public speaking. So I was already known in the area as, I really even hate to call myself this, so we're going to use the heaviest air quotes possible, a public figure, but radio is very small scale. So that's not an impressive thing. It's just a thing. So that's how it started. Someone noticed a teaching gift in me at my local church. And then when I was asked to speak, I all of a sudden realized how much I loved it and I had no idea. Now, if other people have affirmed that you have a speaking or a teaching gift and this is something that you want to exercise, your local church is the best place to start. So I am so, so grateful for those years. This started back in 2009 and I am so grateful for those years that I had with a small group of women on a very small stage that really looked more like six or seven of us in a classroom where I got to build those muscles and learn what worked, what didn't work, where I had a whole lot of discipleship going on, of a woman mentoring me and and telling me, you know, when you did this, that was great. That didn't work at all, you know? So um, really starting small and local is, is, how that needs to start for you. And then if you um, want to do this on a bigger scale, I think the first place to start is a website, social media platforms. These days, you really do need to have an online presence. And instead of thinking of those, you know, in kind of yucky platform terms, I I really think of it uh, in this way. My personal ministry philosophy is this, in every way, possible, using all means possible to tell as many people as possible about the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I look at social media and blogging and um, video interactions such as this as just another example, another opportunity to encourage people with the love of Jesus Christ. And so your online presence is probably how you are going to be noticed uh, on a a slightly broader scale. Oh, absolutely. So 
uh, people are going to learn about you and you're going to be learning. You can also use social media. Of course, it connects everything. Space, uh, Absolutely. Find. Oh, yes. Social media for sure. Because another thing to keep in mind is that that is probably the first thing that a women's ministry director uh, or a women's minister is going to do when she is looking for speakers. She is going to look through your social media, make sure there are no big surprises, and get a feel for who you are and what you believe and how you minister. Good point. Do you need any special training? Like we're both seminary, either graduates or students. So we're going to always say, go to seminary right? if, right. Uh, if you can, but not everybody can do that, uh, whether it's money or even there's not one near you. Uh, what kind of preparation other than like what you're saying, you, you seem to have a natural affinity for it and, and a desire to do it. Are there any other opportunities or trainings that would be really good? Right. So yes. Yes. Now, it, it is true. There are some people who just are naturally good at it and extremely comfortable in front of an audience. You know, I grew up in theater and I grew up performing. So for me, public speaking was just a very, it came very naturally to me. However, I am so, so grateful for the training that I've had. Yes, the seminary training, absolutely. And if that is an option for you, that is such a surefire way to hone your skills. It is not an option for everyone and it is not the only path. What you will need is good thick skin because you are going to want to have a couple people who are, if not older than you, let's say farther along in ministry than you, who are your truth tellers, who are going to tell you, listen, you went on and on and on there. You could have said that. You, you took 20 minutes to say something you could have said in five. I have heard that so many times. So you do have to have good thick skin and you have to have a heart that's willing to be teachable and you have to seek out that feedback because most people are going to simply just affirm you, even if they're not being 100% sincere. Uh, and that, that's just the way we are. We, are, we, we want to be nice. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So you are going to have to seek out feedback. If your pastor will give it to you, if your women's minister will give it to you, if you have a few trusted friends, that is absolutely essential. Because at the end of the day, what we are really trying to do here is be as effective as we possibly can be for drawing people into the heart of Christ and the word of God. And so it is a discipline to want to grow in your speaking and to get better. And I will also say this starting out, and I still do this today, but not quite as much as I used to. But when I was first starting out, I practiced and practiced and practiced. And I, I, I think I practiced a minimum of eight times before I ever took a lesson to a classroom. And I would practice for my husband. I would practice for my closest friends. And so I think that really helped me grow, particularly in those earlier days. Do you like get in a room and just say it and time yourself and pra yes. you know, practice? All mm -hmm. right. And I heard this could be, this may be personal preference. Do you write it out or do you have an outline? And do you recommend either version over the other? I, I write it out and here's why it is things sound different in your head than they do on paper and they sound different out loud than they do on paper. So writing it out is a discipline in that you are taking your thoughts that are abstract and making them concrete so that you can see it. 
Now, what I like to do is have my message so internalized that I don't really need to lean on my notes. Now, depending on what kind of a message I'm giving, if someone has asked me for more of a, a testimonial, what is my story and how, God, how has God worked in my life? That's something I've done so many times that I, I will write out an outline, but I don't need a manuscript. If I am teaching a lesson, if I am taking a chunk of scripture and working my way through it, I am more likely to manuscript that to discipline myself, not to rabbit trail and tangent. Now, not everybody needs to work that way. Some, some speakers are, are, are just that an outline is all they need, may do a beautiful job. So it's really more dependent on you and how you work best. I will say if you manuscript, practice and internalize it, because when you are reading a manuscript, you're talking at people and people will disengage. When you are glancing down at your notes, but you have most of your message internalized, you are talking to people, and that makes it more of a conversation in which people are far more likely to engage. Okay. Yeah, that's always that figuring out how you work. Right. Yeah. So that makes me think of another question. You talk about creating new content and using old content. Yes. So obviously you want to keep track of everything, keep your files of what you've gone through. Uh, when is it okay to um, use it again? Like to not always create something new. So this is when it's great to not have a huge platform because, because here's, here's how I feel, I feel about this. Usually I will, I, I will sense the Lord speaking something over me. I will sense him convicting me over something. And that becomes something that's almost burning a hole in my chest. And if, if I feel like the Lord has entrusted me with a message that I am very, very passionate about, I can safely assume that is more for just 30 women or 200 women or 500 women. And then if the, the first church where I have taught that lesson, if they are not recording and distributing that content, which is something that at this point in my ministry, I do allow. If I know they're not going to be showing it on online and uh, making it available for free to anyone who wants it, then I, I should be teaching that again, because that is a message the Lord has entrusted me with. I feel passionately about it. Usually it's through something he's brought me through. Uh, maybe it's uh, an area where I've stumbled and this is how the Lord ministered to me through that and taught me through it. And now I'm a good person to give that message because I have this experience or a difficulty that the Lord has walked me through. That is more, that is for more than just a, a small group of women. So certainly it is wise to recycle your content. If you are teaching something that is sound and good and that women are responding to, I will usually retire a message for a time after I've taught it maybe four or five, six times. Okay. But it's always there in case you want to rework it uh, sometime and borrow from it. And you can sure. reframe uh, a lot of your content using old stuff after you've been at it a while. Yes. And so if I know it's not easily accessible, there's a couple lessons that I've taught online and I won't return to those messages for a good chunk of time because they are accessible and I, I'm still pointing people to them. Okay, good. Thank you, Rebecca. Be sure to find all our sessions in this series, Navigating Speaking Engagements on beyondordinarywomen.org, uh, where you can also find a variety of videos and podcasts that provide specific help to Bible teachers and leaders. All of our resources are free. Thanks for tuning in. 
Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.